I, uh, I have uh, the honor of just giving you guys a, a brief message. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it to about 20, 25 minutes. I'm going to try to stay to my notes because you all know how I do, right? If I, if I get off my notes, we could be here for a minute. So, uh, uh, so if you came here in hopes that, you know, you were going to hear one more hit it out of the park sermon, I, I, I'm sorry, but tonight's not about me. Uh, it's not about me preaching a, a good sermon. Uh, it's about, um, you know, Jake and Abby Blaukamp, who are going to be taking over as the next Access Pastors. Yep. And also, uh, you know, a little sidebar too, but... Uh, the guy that passed on the baton to me when I came around about three and a half years ago, Blake McDaniel. Pastor Blake is sitting up front here too. Blake, would you stand up? Say hi to everybody real quick. Oh, come on, everybody. Put it up. Give it up. Guy laid a solid foundation here, and we, you know, I'm just so thankful for everything you did, and, and uh, just so thankful for all of you just showing up every Thursday, coming ready and hungry for, for more of God, because that's what it's all about. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. We know that. Amen? Amen. All right. So uh, I'm going to give a message again. I'm going to try to keep it brief. And then after I, I give this message, I'm going to call Pastor Tom Smith, who's our oversight pastor, as well as the Access uh, leadership team and worship team up to the stage along with Jake and Abby, Tiffany, and I would like to ask Justin Edmonds and Hannah Edmonds to, to come up at that time as well. All right? You doing good? You guys ready to hear the word? Uh, I told you last week that uh, when, I, when I got with the Lord about the last two things, you know, I titled my last two messages, two more things, super creative, right? And uh, I had two more things that I wanted to share with you. Last week, we went through the Lord's Prayer and broke it down into the seven different categories that we're to pray from. And then this week, uh, what I wanted to do for you guys was actually just tell you very simply what my prayer for you has consistently been over the last three and a half years. Uh, and the, the prayer isn't my own personal prayer. It's, it's, a, it's an apostolic prayer that comes out of the, the Bible. How many know that's a good prayer to pray? Uh, so we're going to go right there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up by reading it to you. It's in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, starting in verse 16. It says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. I'm going to read it to you out of the message translation. This isn't a literal translation, but it's a good one. It says this, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that he has for you. Somebody please say amen. amen. Let's pray briefly and then we'll move on. Father, thank you for this time that we have to spend together. Lord, we just pray that uh, somehow, some way, Holy Spirit, you would Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge tonight that we may know our Father in heaven better every single day of our lives. Jesus, we thank you for making it all possible, and it's in your holy name that we all together said, amen. 
So the first thing from this prayer that I want you guys to notice is this. I think Paul's, you know, he's, he's basically saying to these believers, these new believers in, in Ephesus, he's saying, I want you to gain wisdom and revelation. And now that that's, comes through the Holy Spirit. But that's, that's point number one. We're going to go through these I have five things that I'm going to share with you guys. That's been my personal prayer for all of you and will continue to be my personal prayer for all of you after I leave here. Ephesians 1.17, it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, I believe that one of the greatest gifts that any pastor can give his congregation is simply clarity. I, I really believe that one of the greatest gifts that a pastor can give to his congregation is clarity. And, and Paul says, I want it to come in the form of, I want to, I, I'm praying that God gives you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And this wisdom and revelation, though, that he's talking about, it's not this, this mystical, spiritually elite type of wisdom and revelation knowledge that is only for, you know, super holy people or pastors and, and evangelists. No, 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 no. This is actually a very practical wisdom and revelation. It's simply receiving spiritual insight into the way God's word is intended to work in our lives. That's all it is. You know, I like to, I like to put it this way. Um, I've, I've done my best over probably the last couple of years, more than the first year, year and a half that I was here, but I, it's, it's always been my intent to, to kind of put, put the, the cookies on the bottom shelf so that everybody can grab some. Does that make sense? Bringing the word of God down to a le- where we can all take it and apply it into our lives because that's where the blessing of God comes. It doesn't come from just coming here and listening. Now, that's a big deal. Coming, sitting here, listening, learning, listening, learning, listening, learning. The disciples did that, but Jesus said something else at the end of his Sermon on the Mount. He says, listen, I'm glad that you were here, but you'll only be blessed in what you do with what you've heard. If you don't put this into practice, you know, it's, it's going to do nothing for you. So showing up, big deal. Doing what you learn after you leave here, bigger deal. So, our, you know, our job simply as pastors and, 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 and preachers and teachers is simply to bring clarity of the Word of God so that you can apply it to your life and be transformed by changing the way you think. And so I've been praying that for you guys, too, that, that God, and you've heard me pray it over and over again before I give a, a message. It's just, God, I just pray that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation tonight, a spirit of wisdom and revelation tonight so that you guys can take and apply the things that you're learning from God's Word and put it into application in your life. So I do that and I pray that for you guys. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is this, so that you may, why, why, why is he praying? I, I, I pray that God gives you the spirit of wisdom and re- revelation. It says, so that you may know God better. Every single week, friends, I pray this, same, I pray this prayer for all of you this the same prayer every single week before I get up on stage, I sit right there at the very last seat on, on, on you know, my right, your left, and I say the same prayer to God every single week during worship. Father, all I pray that tonight is that Jesus is glorified and that everybody in this room somehow, some way gets to know you better and more intimately. And it's not, and that's an interesting word. It says, you know, that you may know him better. 
The word know isn't merely just this, you know, I'm gaining intelligence. I'm gaining more knowledge of God. I'm gaining more biblical wisdom. That's not what it's talking about. The word know actually in the Greek is gnosko. And that word simply means it, it's, a, it's a Adam knew his wife. You guys have read that in the scriptures. Adam knew his wife. There's an intimacy there. And the Bible's, you know, trying to cover up for something that took place. Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore a son. There's intimacy there. Listen, I know President Obama. President Obama does not know me. There's no intimacy there. I know my wife. She knows me. There's an intimate knowing. That's what this word is, that you may intimately know God better and better. That's been you know, my prayer every single week without fail before I get up here is that all of us together on this journey that we've been on and that we're continuing to go on would know God better, that we would gnosko God and that that would be reciprocated. Somebody say amen to that? Matthew 7 says this, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he and she who do the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never gnoscoed you. I never knew you. And you didn't know me. Saying, yeah, you can say that you know me, but usually you're just using me for your own personal gain. I never knew you. There's this knowing God intimately, knowing the heart of the Father, and that's Again, it's just, it's simply been my prayer for all of us for the last three years. First John 2, 3 says this, we know that we have come to know him, Gnosko, if we obey his commands. So, say all that, but then what, what, what could an action step be for you guys? Well, what, what area of your life right now is God calling you to do something to take a next step in and you're just dragging your feet? This is how we know him, if we obey his commands. It, our, our, our relationship with God has to get so intimate that we do obey what he's asking us to do, amen? And some, for some of you, you know, I, I think it might be baptism. Some of you might want to get water baptized, and you've been thinking about it, you've been contemplating it, and you've been dragging your feet, and you've been nervous about it because you're like, well, I got sprinkled as a baby. Doesn't that count for something? Well, you know, and, and, and some people think this, some people think this, that it's, it would be disgracing their parents because their parents chose to, you know, have them sprinkled when they were a baby. No, I don't think it disgraces your parents. I think it affirms what your parents did. And now, listen, this is every single, every single baptism account that we see in Scripture, there's 27 of them, without fail, got baptized after they believed for themselves in Jesus Christ. Without fail, all 27 of them. Check this out in Acts chapter 2. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number daily that day. Um, we have a baptism service. You know, if, if that's you and you're thinking about it, we have a baptism service that's taking place down in the worship center this weekend. Listen, you can go online, you can sign up, but you don't even got to do that. Just show up. Come to a 9.30 service, come to an 11.30 service, show up about a half an hour early. I'm telling you, they got everything you need. They got hair products, they got, they got, they got like bikini, no, you ain't getting in a bikini up in there. 
They, they, got, they got shorts, they have black, you know, black shorts and, and a blue shirt for you that says, I've decided. Listen, it's okay to make that decision. I've decided to follow Jesus Christ with my life, and I don't care who knows about it anymore. Matter of fact, I want everybody to know. Just go ahead and get yourself baptized. Listen, I don't know, I don't know what your next step is, but if that's you, show up at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock this Sunday morning down in the worship center and get your baptized on. Get dunked. I was telling, I was telling, I don't know what we were talking about. We were talking about super holy stuff the other day in our, uh, in our Tuesday morning access meeting, which I am going to so miss, by the way, because all we do is laugh for two hours. We, we rarely accomplish anything, and yet access functions very well. Amen? <laughs> Somehow we got to talking about, I don't know, weight or something, and we were skinny dipping came up, and... Yeah, super holy stuff, I tell you. And I said, well, I don't skinny dimp, I chunky dunk. <laughs> Did you guys catch that? Some of you are like, I still didn't get <laughs> Brent about lost it, though. He did lose it. We, we reeled him in, but. If you want to, if you want to, if you want a chunky dunk in the baptism tank, that's where I'm going with this. Get your baptized on this weekend. No, no, okay. Too much, too much on my last night. No see, no see. They have no idea what I'm talking. This is inside stuff. This is inside stuff. But seriously, if you've been thinking about getting baptized, get baptized this weekend. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Third thing is this. This prayer tells us to pursue continual freedom. Pursue continual freedom. Ephesians 1.18 says, you know, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. And I don't know if you ever realize it or not, but your heart have eyes. Your hearts have eyes. And, and, and what that essentially means, your heart is a filter for the way that you see and perceive things of life. Your heart is where the issues of life, they tend to get bottled up in your heart, and we carry that stuff around. You know, hurts, wounds, life experiences, both good and bad. Proverbs 4.23 says this, keep your heart, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. You ever heard, you know, people say, man, I need to get the junk out of my trunk, right? This is the, if you want to get the junk out of your trunk, deal with the issues that are in your heart. And pursue continual freedom in those areas. Because, listen, we all know this, but I think sometimes we can, you know, give our lives to the Lord and all of a sudden we think we're super holy. No, you're righteous. You're, you're the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, but you still got some things that you need to get free of. How many of you know that you can get saved and still have some serious issues? Amen. And, and it, that's what Paul's I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Now, there's so much, so much stuff that we carry around in our hearts sometimes that it gets extremely cloudy and we can't see what God's best for us is. I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you'd start removing, you know, go on this process with God of finding continual freedom. By the way, we're transferring glory to glory. There's process. There's, you know, it's a big Bible term, sanctification of your souls, dealing with wounds, dealing with hurts. And we need to continually pursue, to pursue God in those things so that the Holy Spirit can heal us 
up so that we can see clearly and see things from God's perspective. So Paul's saying this. You know, I want you to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know God better. And now I want you to con- you know, continue to find and pursue freedom so that your, the eyes of your hearts would be enlightened. Because if your heart remains cloudy, you won't be able to see from God's perspective clearly. So what do we do? How do we do that? How do we, how do we stay in that journey? I just have a, 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 a couple scriptures here that I want to read. Hebrews 10, 24. Love this scripture. You know, this is, this is for many of you that, you know, you know God isn't <laughs> taking church attendance, okay? We, we, we know that, right? That's not, that's not what's going to get you into heaven. We all know that. But listen to the scripture. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some get in the habit of doing. This is important. Coming here on Thursday nights is important. Coming and, and going to your small groups outside of a Thursday night is extremely important. Extremely important. You know, I wish, I wish, like, <laughs> don't you wish that Sundays was enough? I mean, it'd be nice if Thursdays, okay, never mind. <laughs> I asked the wrong guy. Apparently, listen, Thursday nights, I wish that they were enough, but they're not. You guys need more than that. This is the locker room talk. You need, you need brothers and sisters in Christ that can spur you on to love and to do good things for each other, to, to get healed up. In the small group, you know, you can come here, and yeah, we're a, we're a large young adult ministry, and it's easy to get lost in here. And some people say, you know, I've heard this before. Well, you know, I just don't know anybody. It's a little bit too big. Well, any church in America is too big if you don't know nobody. doesn't matter how many people are sitting in the seats. Come on, somebody, that's better than what you... I am preaching at least 63% better than your response level right now. Amen. (laughs) But seriously, keep meeting together. Keep coming. Keep going into your small groups. It's a big deal. James 5.16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Part of the process is having people that you can just throw your junk the junk in your trunk, just give it to them. I've got, I've got two people in my life that I just go and I vent to and I can puke on and I can just let it all go and, and they're not going to judge me. They're not going to, you know, and, and we need to do that. Listen, but we learned last week, we don't do that to God, right? We start with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Connect with God relationally when you pray. Don't go just dumping on him. But have people that you can do that with so that they can tell you, no, 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 you're going to make it through this, brother. No, 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 sister. God's got your back in this. So that they can continue to spur you on and you can help them and do the same thing with each other so that you can be healed up and get freer so that the eyes of your heart would become less and less cloudy so that you can see things God's way. Fourth thing is this. And, you know, actually, I, I want to say one more thing. What's the action step? If you're not in a small group, go ahead and get in a small group. If you want to start a small group, start a small group. We have people here that would love to assist you in the process. You can come talk to Pastor Jake or Abby. You can talk to Nick and Emily. You can talk to Scott and Shauna. You can talk to Mike. You can talk to Deontay, Bobby, everyone else here who runs a small group. 
and ask, hey, how do I get plugged in? Ask them, go to the welcome table after this. You need small group confines. You need to be able to do this with each other so that you can continually get healed up that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Fourth thing is this, and this has been a big one, and and those of you who've been here for more than a year, you know that I always come back to this, and I hit this one hard. I hit this one hard because I so desperately desire it's, I, it's a burden in my heart, and I've always had this in me. If I was going to preach on one thing, it would be trying to help you guys find and figure out with God what your purpose and calling in life is. You've heard me preach on it numerous times. Ephesians 1.18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you'd get healed up, all the junk would, would get healed up so that you could have clarity of mind, so that you could see things God's way, so that... I love the so that's in scripture. So that you would know the hope to which God has called you. So that you would know what God wants you to do with your life. That's what he's saying. So get your heart issues cleared up so that you can know what God's calling you to do. And when you find your calling and your life will all of a sudden have purpose. When you figure out what you were created to do, you'll never experience as much joy in your life as that day. When you, you know, there's, what do they say? What's, what's the old saying, Pastor Tom? Help me out with this. They say there's the two most important uh, moments of your life is when you're born and then when you find out why you were born. You can only do that, by the way, through knowing Jesus Christ. Because he has plans that he made ahead of time for you that you may walk in them. You're God's handiwork. You're his masterpiece. And he knows exactly how he wants to use you in your own generation. This is a big deal. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what God is calling you to do with your life. Romans 12, 6 says this. We all have different gifts according to the grace given us. Now, we see that word grace all through Scripture. This isn't the same grace as we normally see in Scriptures, like when we went through Galatians. This is a different grace. Actually, the word here is charis. Now, what charis, you ever heard of charismatic? Oh, that's charismatic church. Some of you may, you know, may be here for the first time and you came in and people are raising their hands and they're shouting to God and you're like, oh, this is one of them charismatic churches. <laughs> <laughs> they're raising their hands and stuff in here. No, 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 no. Raising your hands in church is not charismatic, it's biblical. So don't be afraid, and I don't even like using the term charismatic because it comes with so many negative connotations with it, but listen, all I know is this, is that when you walk with God, and you, you, you heard the scripture earlier, this is how you know him, this is how you know him, gnosko him, if you keep his commands. Well, there's, there's scripture that says, oh, clap your hands, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Come on, worship team, where y'all at when I need you? You know I need help up here. I look like a wounded puppy. You sang it over there? Thank you. So there's clapping your hands. There's, there's raising your hands in the sanctuary. But listen, so this word charis, may, you may be thinking, oh, that's word charismatic. No, no, no. All it means is this. Every single one of you has a grace gift that comes from God. And they're different. They look different. For instance, I was having a, uh, I was having a conversation before the service uh, back in the cafe there with a couple and, and we got to talking and, and they're going on the, uh, like this youth retreat and, and, and I was talking uh, with, with the gal and she says, oh yeah, I work with the, the, young, the, young, the young kids, you know, the, the three and four year olds. I was like, 
right? Yes. Oh, you do. That's great. Because we need that. And I said, you know, I, I actually um, had to volunteer because they needed some volunteers in the, in, the, in, the, in the kids' ministry a couple months ago. You remember this, baby? And so Lindsay and I filled the gap, and we went in, and we were with these little kids. And I'm telling you what, I, I spent an hour in there, and I was ready to go jump off a bridge afterwards. <laughs> I, I don't have that Karis gift. I don't, I don't have that grace gift. I just don't. But people like you do. And all of our giftings are different. Like some of you are very, you know, you love doing tasks. My wife is brilliant administratively and in, in marketing stuff. I am horrible. I'm horrible. Some of you, some of you, uh, you know, are really gifted in administrative giftings and, and doing tasks and, and watching kids and things like that. I mean, I've seen so many of you with all these different giftings that come from God that are so extremely beautiful because all those giftings are placed in us because we are all part of one body, but we look different and we have different gifts that we all need to be using to serve God's ultimate purpose, which is to bring more and more people into the kingdom of God. So we need, we need each other. We're better together, friends. We are better together. So, generosity, given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. 1 Corinthians 12.1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant. I think Paul's saying like so many people, so many Christians are ignorant about what their giftings and callings and purpose in this life are. Matter of fact, did you know that 80%, 87% of American Christians have no idea what their purpose is in life? That is a statistic that I just want to just bash in the face. I, I, I want to I do something about that, and I feel like there, there are ways that we can attack that and help, each, and help you, but... The church has to own up to that part of it as well, helping and assisting people in figuring this out. And non-Christian sociologists would actually tell you that true joy, true joy comes from knowing and living out your purpose. So I pray that for all of you, that you would know what God has called you to do with your life. And I want to say something uh, before I get to point number five. Some of you have no idea, and I get that. Listen, 87%, that's a staggering number. 87% of American Christians have no clue what they want to do, with their, what their purpose, what their God-given calling is. And some of you, many of you probably in this room, have no clue what it is. I get that. So why don't you just take, take your next step? Start serving somewhere. Start serving here. Be a part of the Access Lead Team. Do something. I remember when, when, when uh, I began and chose to follow, follow Christ, I showed up here at this church. I spent the first three years uh, just sitting in the pews taking notes and came to the realization, man, there's got to be more than this. And, and I knew that there was a God-given calling and purpose on my life, but I had no idea what to do next. And then I had someone do what I'm doing to you tonight, which is saying, listen, just take the next step. Just get involved somewhere. Where are you serving? I was serving nowhere. I wasn't serving God's cause anywhere. 
And so I talked to my wife. I said, you know, I really think that we should get involved in the youth. So we got involved with the youth program here right in this room, started serving. I would, you know, carry Pastor Daniel's uh, pulpit and you know, clean up trash in the back. Whatever needed to be done, I'd, I'd just do it, and I'd just serve gladly because that's, that's listen, you, are, you and I have no other way to do this than to serve our way into our destiny. There's no other way around it. So if you're doing nothing, listen, we have an access lead team that could even, you know, act as one of your small groups. You could show up here every Thursday night and get to know people. And let me tell you something. I'm not asking you to do that for our own selfish purposes so that you can help us. Uh, listen, how many of you know access is functioning well without you? Access is going to function well without me here. Because it's not, it's not about any one of us. Access is going to go on and it's going to function well. But let me, please hear what I'm going to say though. It functions well without you. It will continue to function well without you. It just won't function as good as it possibly could with you. We need you. And by the way, one of the things that, that we're called to do is to join what God is doing. Find where God is moving and join him in that and so that you can reach other people. Listen, that you may come to know him better. Part of your job now as followers of Christ is not just to know him better, but to help other people know him better too. And you can do that by serving. So if that's you, go to the welcome table at the end. Get signed up. If it's not here, great. Get, get serving somewhere. Do something. Take the next step. And God will keep giving you more steps after that. All right, last thing I'm going to say, and then we're going to call some people up here is this. Number five, make a difference in your generation. This happens through finding out what your purpose and your calling is. You know, I pray that your life would be as a part of the whole body of Christ, that, that all of you would make a difference for God in your generation. And that's where real joy comes from, living out your God-given purpose to serve others with your life. John 15, verse 8 and 11. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I've told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. We all get to play. We all get to play. You're all drafted in the first round. There, are no, there, there is no second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds and free agents. You're all drafted first round, and you all get to play. So it's time to strap up. I'm talking football. <laughs> it's my last night. You knew I had to get a little football up in there. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go blue. One last scripture, and then I'm done. So Acts 13, Acts 13, 36. I love this scripture, and I pray this for you guys. Now when David had served, catch it, please. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he died and he was buried with his ancestors, and he became worm food, okay? His body decayed. But listen, listen, that's huge. When David had served God's purpose, not, not, not David's own purpose, 
not David's own will and agenda. So many people are chasing the American dream that they, they fail to ever rec recognize what God's perfect plan and purpose for their life is. And by the way, there's no joy in that. There's some temporary satisfaction and temporary highs that come along with success, but you'll never be as successful in this lifetime as when you know that you are right smack dab in the middle of God's will and plan for your life. David served God's purpose in his generation. And I pray that all of you, all of you would stay on this journey and that all of you would die that way knowing that you fulfilled the call of God on your life. Amen? Amen. That's my prayer for you.